Aloha everybody and welcome to Nahopaikaloa, our live service. Um, we would just invite you all to come and worship with us um, and just eliminate all distractions and really let's just like press into the Lord right now. So yeah, let's just sing to Him with our hearts.
I know we've read this scripture probably time and time again, but I felt like it really hits home in this season. It's 2 Corinthians 8. Now, friends, I want to report on the surprising and generous ways in which God is working in the churches in Macedonia province. Fierce troubles came down on the people of those churches, pushing them to the very limit. The trial exposed their true colors. They were incredibly happy, though desperately poor. The pressure triggered something totally unexpected, an outpouring of pure and generous gifts. Lord, we just um, we just ask that you help us to be that church, Lord, that in this time that we may struggle, that, that we still stay fast in our in our tithing, Lord, that we just, maybe the dollar amount's not the same, Lord, but maybe our heart will even be greater in this, Lord, and that tithing, I know even for me, Lord, at times been a routine thing, and it's got me back to just thinking about the whole purpose of tithing and why we do it. And Lord, we just pray for the finances of everyone in this church, Lord, that they may be blessed in this time, that although people might be unemployed or whatever, that they may find just, just a peace in their finances and a way to make it through. In Jesus' name, amen. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence, loving me. This is my daily bread. This is my daily. Yeah. 
attention on you, God, that we would just be so fascinated by your beauty, that nothing would take our gaze away. In Jesus' name we pray. Good morning, New Hope Waikoloa. Isn't that great worship? Thanks for joining us today. Um, Pastor Nolene and I, we were just talking the other day, you know, what should we talk about for today and this Sunday? And I remember a while back, somebody asked me the question, what's Palm Sunday all about? And then so we thought we would take some time today because it is Palm Sunday to kind of explain what it's about and, and, and share with you what's, what God has deposited on our hearts about Palm Sunday. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the scripture, and that scripture, just for those of you who want to reach for your Bibles, is Matthew 21, 4 through 10. So get those out. But before I go into that, I just want to remind families that are sitting in their homes right now, and I love that fact that you guys are getting together in your homes, and maybe you guys are sharing this on the TV, uh, and just doing church in your homes. We're going to do communion today. So go ahead uh, and go get some juice and some bread pieces and get ready for that. At the end of our messaging, we're going to do that, okay? Um, so let's open the scripture up. So Matthew 21, 4 through 10, it says this. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to, da to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, uh, and on a colt, uh, the foal of a donkey. Verse 6 says this. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. Verse 8 says, A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the ground or on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him uh, and, and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred, and they asked, who is this? It's this scripture verse that we want to cover today in our teaching. And I'm going to start uh, by talking about verse 4 and 5, where it says, this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to Zion, the daughter Zion, see your king comes to you. Gentle, riding on a donkey, on a colt and a foal of a donkey. You know, who's that prophet? Well, the prophet was 400 years earlier. His name was Zechariah in ver uh, chapter 9, verse 9. And it says this, Rejoice greatly. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just, just and having salvation. Lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. 400 years earlier, prophet was speaking about Jesus's arrival into Jerusalem. I mean, it's a significant time that we're looking at right now. See, when Jesus rode into the city that, that day about 2,020 years ago, he brought hope in a time of distress. I don't know about you, but a lot of us is go are going through that same kind of distress with all that's happening with the coronavirus and everything right now. And Jesus wants to, to ride into your life right now as a beacon of hope. See, the, the, the significant time I'm speaking about right now is not because of COVID-19, but because of what today resembles. 
It starts today with Holy Week, which concludes at the end of this week and next Sunday with Easter, the resurrection of Christ. For the first time in history, the world has been kind of put on pause. I'd like for us as families to take what seems like the enemy has meant for evil and turn it into something good. And how do we do that? By being still before Jesus and know that he is God and that he is our hope and our salvation in this time of our need. You know, verse 8 says this, A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from trees and spread them on the ground. So, Pastor Lee, what does it mean to lay palm branches down? Yeah, so first of all, I just want to say how much I love this week that we're going into, that we're entering into. I mean, before I came to know Jesus, it was about Easter celebration, (laughs) planning the party, you know, the Easter egg hunt and everything. But after, but now it's about the crucifixion that leads up to the resurrection. But there were also events that led up to the crucifixion. And that, and today, Palm Sunday is the start of it all. Yes, it is. So in ancient times, um, if you read in the Old Testament, palm branches were used to welcome the kings and the conquerors, people who, you know, those who came back in victory from a war. And the people use these palms today, Palm Sunday, uh, to welcome Jesus, who they thought was going to be their earthly king. So I just want to um, reference a couple uh, translations from Matthew 21.8. One comes out of the message translation, which says, Nearly all the people in the crowd threw their garments down on the road, giving him a royal welcome. And then the Amplified Version says something similar. that most of the crowd spread their coats on the road as before a king, while others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them on the road. Um, so because of this, his entrance stirred up. You know, he came in riding on a donkey, and it just dawned on me that he walked everywhere before this. And then now he's coming in riding on a donkey, and it stirred up the whole city. You know, the excited ones were laying um, palm branches down, but uh, the others were kind of in a state of confusion, I think. They were, like, not really, you know, knowing what was happening. But truly, you know, laying down palm branches was truly the honor that was due to him, you know, but not in the way that the people expected. They thought that um, he was going to be an earthly savior, um, that that he would rescue them from the Roman government. Mm that he was going to come and take over and be their ruler. And so that's what they were expecting. So as I was thinking about this expectation, a question crossed my mind. Would these people still have laid palm branches down for Jesus if they knew from the get-go that his possession into Jerusalem was not as their future earthly king? Would they still have done that? And obviously not, because later on, these same people that were shouting Hosanna were the same ones that had later shouted, crucify him, crucify him. So I don't think they would have had they known that, you know, his procession was way different than what they expected. So I thought about that even more. And so, and I thought, well, what does that mean for us? You know, for us as believers, um, or even those who are still searching, like, you know, who uses Palm Sunday, it's just like a, a, a ritual yearly annual, you know, event um what does you know i thought about what does this mean for us like what kind of a question can we ask ourselves about the laying down of palm branches and and here's i believe the holy spirit deposited to me which savior are you laying your palm branches down for today are you laying your palm branches down for the savior of the entire world 
Or are you laying your palm branches down for the savior of your own little world? So it's a question we really have to ask ourselves because I think we can get into this place um, where we're so consumed with what's going on in our own little world that we forget that the bigger picture came from John 3.16. Yeah. You know, for God so loved, uh, the Amplified Version says, he greatly loved. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave his one and only begotten son that whoever believes and trusts in him as savior shall not perish but have eternal life. And this um, event of, you know, of Jesus coming in and, and people coming with the palm branches was the first but not the last time um, that a multitude would lay palm branches and declare him as king. And so Pastor Rick's going to share. Yeah, uh, more you're about right that. about that. You know, in Revelation 7, 9 and 10, you know, we know that that's the end of, of uh, the Bible and gives us the finishing story where we become victorious. Um, but I want to read this to you because. Pastor Lee's right. This isn't the, the first time in Palm Sunday, that first Palm Sunday, that the palm branches were laid and multitudes were, were shouting, uh, King of kings and Lord of lords. And Revelation says this, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. Love that. That no one could count. There's so many of us. From every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And verse 10 says this, and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. I think that's amazing that one day we get to be in the courtroom of heaven shouting Hosanna, that our God saved us. And, and, you know, speaking of Hosanna, I wanted to speak a little bit about that and says, and they shouted Hosanna. What does that really mean? You know, a lot of us kind of know different meanings to it and so forth. In verse 9, it says this, The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. So in my reading, I found out that Hosanna is used more than just that one time in Scripture. It actually is used in, in the Old Testament in Psalms 118, verse 25 and 26. And it, it says this, Save now, I pray, O Lord. Now, if you translate, those words represent Hosanna. Save now. Save us now, O Lord, I pray. And he goes on to say, O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Sounds familiar, right? We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. See, Hosanna means save us now in Hebrew definition. It, it goes this way. It says, please save us, Lord God. Back in the Old Testament, they use it a little bit differently. But the, the definition I want to throw out to you for Hosanna is this. Hosanna is an act of surrender where we realize we cannot save ourselves. And we need to turn to the only one who can. It's Jesus. You know, a lot of us in our place right now dealing with uh, this world pandemic and some of us are, are further uh, down where we, we're in the place of not having the resources or the things we need or we, we're seeing family members being affected by this virus and we're coming to a place where we realize that we can't control our future here to some extent. It's time that we understand that there is only one who can save us and his name is Jesus. Hosanna. The application, as I said earlier, in the Old Testament is slightly different. They use it more of a supplication. And when they said, save us now. But what's great is it changed 
in the New Testament. And it goes a little bit different. In the New Testament, it's more of a thanking of his salvation, where in the Old Testament, they were looking for his salvation. I love that because I grew up always saying, Hosanna. It wasn't a prayer. It was more of a declaration that our God saves. See, the change happened at Calvary. On this side of the cross, we can declare and praise him for his salvation because God saved us. I love that. And as our Savior, we fall under his protection, his provisions, and his promises. Amen. Yeah. yeah. The, the challenge that the people had then and, and actually still today is this, that people's expectation and God's purposes don't always line up. That makes sense? When they were coming into Jerusalem that day, they had an expectation that he was going to be their Messiah, deliver them from the, the, the dominion of Rome and, and so forth, and the oppression of Rome. But in reality... His purpose was to come and save us eternally, not just for that moment. So what I wrote here is that the, when that crowd shouted Hosanna, they were saying, save us. He's here to save us from this earthly situation. But, they were, but his purpose was very, very different. Jesus' arrival that day into Jerusalem wasn't for an earthly kingdom, but for an eternal purpose. Isaiah stated it this way in 62 verse 11. Surely your salvation is coming. Many times in scripture, when Jesus healed people, and we've read the gospels, and we, we've heard all the things that Jesus did, and he brought healing to the blind, the cripple, and so forth. But in Matthew 9, he, he, he heals a cripple, a paralytic, and he says this in, in his words. He says, your sins have been forgiven you. Now arise and walk. Did you notice what he did? His first purpose was to bring salvation, and his second was to bring healing. So his heart is always that we will have an eternal relationship with him and the Father. So I wanted you to get that, is that his purpose has always been and will always be that you get to know him in such a way as a Savior that you get to spend time with him and the Father in eternity. You know, and we go on to say, well, do we really know who he is, who, who he really is? And I wanted Pastor Nolene to answer that statement in verse 10. Where they say, who is this? Yeah. 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 Um we were reading the scripture last week and it, uh, when Pastor Rick was actually reading the scripture out loud, that, that spoke to me like when he said, who is this? His very own people were asking <laughs> that question, you know, who is this? Um, and why is it that they didn't know him? Why is it that they didn't know him or did they know him, but they couldn't comprehend him at that very moment? You know, I was um, sort of thinking about this this morning that is kind of like my life, you know, before I came to Jesus, like people knew me as a rebel. <laughs> I mean, I did everything and, every, you know, anything and everything under the sun that I shouldn't have. <laughs> so when I came to Jesus, like people just didn't recognize me. You know, when I would tell people about who I was as, you know, a teenage girl into a young adult and all the things that I did, people would look at me and say, like, I just can't imagine you being that way. You know, it's, there's, there's a difference. And so for Jesus, it was like they were looking at him as they knew him as a prophet and they were looking at him to be their savior, but they didn't really know truly who he was. So when they were asking, who is this? I mean, really, it's like they just didn't comprehend um, that in that moment for them that um, as they welcomed Jesus in, it was like, who is this person riding? Why is he riding it on a donkey? You know, and again, it's because he never did. He walked everywhere, you know, he, and there was palm branches and everything being um, spread out before him. And so they didn't know him. 
You know, they didn't know him. To them, this was a different kind of, there was a different Jesus. On this side of the cross, we know him as the same Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. But on that side of the cross, they didn't, they didn't know that. So when he entered into Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, like asking, who is this? They've heard him preach. They saw him do miracles, but riding in on a donkey and being treated like a king, like, who is this? And sometimes as believers, I think we can sometimes fall into that same trap of asking ourselves that same question. Who is this? Now, you think that because we're saved that we would know. But all the kinds of situations that we face in our lives can bring that question to the, to the forefront. Who is this? When Jesus decides to move outside of the box we've placed him in and take his rightful place as king of our lives. We don't recognize what he's doing. We, just, we start to assume, like the people did back then, they started to assume um, what he was there for. And so we can get caught up in the same trap of expectations, even if we declare that he's in control. <laughs> you know, we declare that, but we have our own expectations deep down inside of our heart. But our, our immediate turnaround should be repentance, you know, confessing our sin of unbelief. Pastor Sonny talked about it in his devotional uh, last week. Our sin of unbelief, because he is faithful to forgive us and cleanse us, you know, from any unrighteousness. And I know for sure that there are some of you out there right now who's asking that same question, who don't know Jesus. Maybe you're searching and you're saying, who is this Jesus and why should I believe in him? And I'm here to tell you that Jesus is your Savior who loves you right Amen. where you're at. Amen. Right where you're at. He loves you wholeheartedly and he loves you unconditionally. There's nothing that you have done that hasn't surprised him. <laughs> He loves you. He is your savior. He wants to be your savior. He sacrificed his life on the cross for the forgiveness of all of your sins, past, present, and future, to deliver you from a life of destruction and to give you a future of hope and promise. And, and you know, at the end of it all, we get to spend all of eternity in heaven with Jesus, with God, our Father. Um, so I want to invite you right now, if you don't know Jesus, if you want to get to know him, if you want to invite him into your life, if you want your life to be changed, I'm going to invite you right now to pray with me a salvation prayer. And um, <clears throat> I'm going to pray it. And then as I'm praying, I'm going to just pause for just a little bit just to give you time to pray after me. And, um, and then Pastor Rick will um, lead us in communion after this. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. I'm so sorry for the way that I've lived my life. But I want my life to be different now. And so I ask you that you would come into my heart and you would live in my heart. And you would help me be the savior of my life, be the king of my heart, and lead me away from all the things of the world of destruction and lead me into the world of promise and of life. In your name, I pray. Amen. Yeah. You know, as we um, move forward um, into communion, um, 
And uh, families, if you guys are there and you didn't hear earlier, we're going to do communion right now. So let me give you a couple of minutes to just, or seconds to go ahead and um, grab some juice, some bread, some crackers, whatever it would be. Um, we'd like to do communion together as a family in your home. And, and these are the things that we want to make sure as we go forward is part of our new norm as a church, that you get together in your living rooms with your family and you have church. You pray together. You listen to worship songs together. Um, if you have any talent whatsoever, maybe play an instrument um, and just begin to just seek God as a family together, doing communion together. You don't have to do these things always in church. It's great to do it with the body, uh, corporate body of Christ, but gosh, what a difference it would make is if our families, all of us across the country, would just take time to be still and know that He's God and acknowledge Him as such. You know, before we go into our communion too, I just want to remind you that starting tomorrow at sundown through Wednesday sundown, we'll be doing fasting. We're going to pray for our nation's leaders, our president, for guidance in this time. Uh, we're going to pray for those that are in the front lines, uh, the medical, the police, the firemen, all those that are, are risking their lives for us. Uh, we're going to pray for our, our state, for our, 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 our island, our city, our communities, our families. And we're going to intercede on their behalf during these next couple of days. We're going to end on Wednesday night with worship. So please join us from sundown to sundown, Monday through Wednesday. Fast what you can. Uh, be be um, practical here. If you have health risks, don't, don't choose to do food. But do what's uh, if, you, if it's maybe sometimes we need to fast from social media. That's all we do right. nowadays, right? right? We're on the phone all the time. Let's give that time, displace that time that we would focus on news and, and corona and all that stuff and give it to God now. Okay? So let's get prepared for communion. Yeah. Fathers or parents, whomever is there, go ahead and, and serve your communion to your kids and have them hold it and be ready. Um, yeah, something just struck me when, when I said the words, let's not let anything overshadow what God did for us over 2,000 years ago. I heard a statement that we're not going to have Easter services this year or we're all these different things because of the coronavirus. In reality, that's untrue. It, no virus can stop what God has done for us. Amen. Okay. So let's not let that distract us. So turn all of your phones off when you get together and just focus on Him right now. So can I serve you, Pastor Nolene? Take your bread and your juice. Jesus died 2,000 plus years ago that we could live. And not just live, but live in relationship with him and the Father. That's always been his purpose from the beginning of time, to reunite us with the Father's love. So much so that, as, as Pastor Nolene said, that he gave his one and only son. That was his purpose here. And in doing so, he, he let his body be broken and, 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 and he was whipped and he was put on the cross for us. So the, this bread, this cracker that you have represents his body that was broken for us so that we wouldn't have to be. So let's take this right now in remembrance of him. Lord, we acknowledge, Lord, 
all that you've done for us. And when your blood was spilt on Calvary, it was a fulfillment of the scriptures of Passover that will be observed this week for those of you to observe uh, um, Passover. Your blood was po- uh, painted on doorposts to, to um, have the, uh, the spirit of death come over your family so that you would be protected by his blood. And to this day, we do this in remembrance of him because he did the same thing to our very hearts. When he died for us, his blood was painted all over our hearts that we will no longer see death, no longer see that spiritual death, that one day we get to live with him eternally. So let's take this juice in remembrance of that sacrifice of love. I'm going to have the worship team come back up, and we're just going to finish with one more song. And I just want to let you guys know that as we continue to work through or, or the, in this season, uh, as we're shut in or we're having personal isolation, let's make God the center of our homes. Spend time with your families and, and so forth. That is important. But there's a difference of doing it with God. So let that be our new norm for the future. Thank you, everybody. Let's have our team come up. Jesus, Jesus. 